0: So, technology, right? I am I, mystified because why is it in twenty twenty two, nay, twenty twenty three, there is not some way. That when I microwave a frozen burrito, it's nuclear hot on the ends, yet cold as ice in the middle. I mean, food science, what's going on? You know, what's what I call the hot pocket paradox, right? Like, it's just, it's just amazing that they can't seem to and you know and I do the road I rotate it and like microwave it for 30 seconds rotate it wrap it in a paper towel blah 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 well you either get the ice cold middle or you get the exploded buttons like they just explode like out of eating then it's just all over the place and then you're just sad and then lunch is just sad.
1: Yeah. Yeah it's about heat distribution and flow probably in the thermal dynamics in the microwave. Yeah it's probably there are people who probably get paid six figures to figure that out. And haven't done a great job, I guess. I, I don't know. I, I, I do understand what you're saying. It's been a minute since I've had a hot pocket. Mm-hmm. But I do recall that burritos and other things, like, it is hard to keep the ends intact because everything just kind of squishes out the mm-hmm.
0: sides, yeah, regardless just,
1: of how much you're flipping or... or yeah, doesn't matter. Just go, out it comes. Or changing you know, that it's just, it's
0: just you know <laughs> blow blows out the backside. What's uh, the strangest...
1: What's I mean, it's this? gonna be it's gonna be blowing out the other end at, at, at you know at, at some point be, anyway. So,
0: oh, don't worry, I've got a gift for that. I'll put it in Discord. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, i have destroyed some Taco Bells in my day. Yeah, what or
0: or occasional Denny's, but that's neither here nor there. That's right. Um, what is the weirdest snack you or you have personally seen someone microwave? Like you wouldn't think wow
1: you know what i mean like what what's the strangest thing you've seen how that's a great question um i saw someone heat up fruit one time that was kind of strange what, um, what kind of fruit i well like an assortment of like mango and pineapple right so what they did was in their mind this was tasted good they would take cold ice cream and then they would heat the fruit and then they would put the fruit on top of the oh, ice cream okay. and it would make kind of like a melted fruit kind of Sunday thing in their logic. I okay. I didn't try it, I didn't judge, I just observed and I was like, oh, okay, that's different. Yeah. That's the first thing that comes to mind. Yeah, because you, you wouldn't think fruit would be something you would microwave like. Well, I mean, you you can, but there's
0: usually devious reasons for doing so. Um, you know, I've heard I've heard stories of cantaloupe that that have gone on to fates worse than death. Uh, you know, I think the strangest thing I ever say, I used to have a friend and his dad wouldn't like this was the one thing like his dad was like always adamant about because his dad like was one of those, you know, third shift. Tire factory workers, and he's just like, boy, this is what I want when I come home sit in my chair. You know, microwaved pepperoni. Just buying a pack of like hormel pepperoni and then doing it in like layers on a paper towel, on paper towels, and then microwaving them. And this man would sit there and eat, I swear to god, a pack of microwaved pepperoni while drinking, you know, like schlitz. And as we all know, Joey,
1: if it's breakfast of champions right there, (laughs) if it spits, it schlitz, my friend. So that's that's okay. All right. So I've done saltine crackers and put pepperoni on them and then taken a little bit of mozzarella cheese and I've made pizza crackers. I'll put them in the oven at like three seventy five, four hundred and until they get a little brown. And you take them out and they're great. They're like a little snacky, like, you know, hors d'oeuvre, um, you know, while you're. Wait, oh, excuse me, sir. <laughs> while you're midnight snacking. <laughs> but but I but I have not done pepperoni like that, like solo. Like that seems like a grease explosion, like just waiting to happen in, in many places.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah. I just, I never, I mean, I was
1: just like, I was like, do you get like, you know, uh, kidney
0: stones from that? I mean, you just—you might as well just pour salt like right down your gullet.
1: It's probably either that or the Schlitz is going (laughs) to get.
0: Well, the Schlitz Schlitz gets everyone, my
1: friend. (laughs) It It (laughs) catches up with everybody. It does catch
0: up with everyone. Uh, Well, other than talking about such culinary delicacies as uh, pizza, crackers, and uh, microwaving pepperoni, uh, we're lonely PhDs. We like to talk about film. We got to get them. Special great episode today. Uh, if we reach, well, I don't know if it's going
1: to be great, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see, we'll see, how it goes. we'll see how it goes.
0: If we reach back into the Wayback Machine and go all the way back to an episode in August, we talked about uh the trailer for Clerks Three, and at the time we were debating it and you know we weren't sure whether we were going to watch it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we came to a consensus agreement, and instead of doing two films this week. We're doing one, and it's Clerks 3, um, Kevin Smith, 2022. But, you know, I don't think we can have a conversation about Clerks 3 without talking about the view universe in general to, to sort of set this up and lead off. Uh, Joey, how would you
1: describe Clerks 3 to people? Um, oh, gosh, that's a great... Um... You're gonna sting me here with this first ones. Um I so uh Clerks Three is a nostalgic attempt to provide closure to some characters that are very near and dear to Kevin Smith's heart. Mm-hmm. And I mean that quite literally. Um uh yeah, because I mean he he's completely completely writing from from what he knew. Um, right. And from what he experienced, so uh, yeah, I think he felt uh, that that Clerks Three was going to be the the bookend, right the, mm-hmm. uh, the 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 closure piece to the to the to the trilogy. Even though characters from these films, you know, appear in other Kevin Smith films, yes. um, so this that's part the, of the, the universe, universe thing. Yeah. Right, yeah. yes.
0: So, for our audience, Uiski was the production company that Kevin Smith and his partner started all the way back in the beginning when the first clerks came out now i would say he you know i haven't read if he ever has admitted whether he knew it or not that he was going to be writing these characters over and over you know again and in different iterations and all this and i i never quite believe people you know when they're just like oh that was the it was the plan all along i'm like Mm-hmm. okay you know like that like I just kind of <laughs> I just kind of shrug and, and, and go if you if you think so because I think things just happen serendipitously and or I think things happen a lot of times for film creators um especially with Kevin Smith it's just like uh, as it has been in the later stages of, of his career extremely calculated um and and not you know messing around anymore and i I point to what i would consider one of the worst films i've seen in recent years jay and silent bob reboot um that that i i i i just i just sat there and went why you
1: know did you see that one i did i've seen i i think i've seen all of his offshoots right um of 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 his characters and his films and I had the same question, you know, why? Like, what's like? Did I was I really longing to know what happened to Dante and some of these characters from right. Clerks and and the very underrated Clerks too? Yes. Um. Uh. I I wasn't longing or pining for this, so I'm not sure. It had to be something, you know, post heart attack that Kevin Smith, you know, um, had some sort of desire to personally go in and kind of bookend this i mean that's kind of where i i think because obviously it wasn't for the money i mean it wasn't like a huge box office hit no he Uh, had to
0: take it on a road show it wasn't even it wasn't even theatrical regular release which he's done now with i think the last three movies which is a very strange business model but apparently you know it it works because he does a whole his evening with shtick and then they you know watch the film and i think you pay what, like 60 bucks or something like that. Cause it came through Birmingham on the road show. And I was just like, yeah, no, I think I'm going to, think I'm going to
1: pass. Would you have done that? To, like if it'd been clerks too, would you have maybe like had more of a desire to yes. go?
0: Yes. Because his body of work up until that point was much more appealing yeah. and interesting to me. Uh, and to walk that back real quick, you know, so so the first Clerks movie comes out in, what was it, 93, I think? 93, 94? 94, 94 I, think. I think. Okay, so maybe 93 at Sundance, but wide release in yeah. 94. Right. Um, we all came to it through video stores, which was very appropriate. Uh, through this little company uh, at the time that was building up called Miramax, which, you know, who knew, uh, you know, how, how that would all turn out, but um, for a long time, Miramax was a, you know, the bouquet, you know, the, the A24 of its day. I'll put it that way, right? I think that that's, you know, I think that's fair to say. But, um, you know, this movie, this micro-budgeted movie from this unknown guy in New Jersey, Red Bank, New Jersey, comes out, and it is the most pop-culturally. Uh, 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 crazy Mm -hmm. insane he's got interstitial cards in it you know uh uh, with you know very good vocabulary uh, characters that don't speak naturally it's almost like they have their own diction and they have their own pacing Mm -hmm. because you know as jill was watching clerks three with me last night she went who the hell talks like this? Like she just, she said she was immediately out. Like she was just like, yeah, I'm no, I'm out. Like I said, okay, okay, valid. Now, valid. do you mean
1: do you mean accent wise or just? No, I just mean wise, like what they were saying. Uh, both and okay. the diction and the pacing yeah. of it, you know, and and he at
0: least remains consistent with that through the three films. I think sure. that like they all always have some strange stunted way of speaking about each other that only breaks through in the third film with the emotional Mm -hmm. final emotional release of the two characters right Our dante and uh uh, randall finally get to well be grown up you know show some real emotion but unfortunately it's at the very very far end of the film uh but the first clerk's film for people to understand just like this was a film that made you think you could go out and make a film. I mean, we all read the stories. He ran up what 20,000 in credit card debt. I think it was something along those lines and $20,000 kids in credit card debt in 1993. It's a lot of money today. Uh, You know, and uh, yeah, I mean, this was, he just, he just went out and did it Uh, and had a great concept. The concept being like the, Uh, one day in the life of these two store clerks. One runs a convenience store and one runs the video store next door. It's all owned by the same owner. Uh, And uh, the infamous line, I'm not even supposed to be here today because our main clerk, Dante, gets called into work. I love the opening of the original clerks, that phone ringing in black. And then we see pretty much a a bachelor's room, you know, and he's laying under everything and he reaches like, what? No, I haven't seen what oh no, it's no, I'm not working today. I got hockey at three, you know, like this one-sided conversation, but you know this is trouble. Like, so he gets That's called right. in, he gets called into work and boom, off we go, right? What was what was your reaction when you saw Clerks the first time? I, did we watch it together? Or I don't know we if we did
1: or not. I, I, I know I we remember. watched Mall Rats together, but yes. Sure. Uh Clerks was a video store find. Um, I remember I was still managing a store when it came out and watched it maybe for the first time, like in the store, like while I was working, you know, and like pausing, like when people would come in, cause it was rated R. Oh, you it's, know?
0: oh, it's it, filthy.
1: Yeah. yeah and it's just got nasty, <laughs> nasty humor and language in it. Um, but I think you're, you're hitting on something when when that movie came out, we, our generation had not seen anything like that. And it's, mm-hmm it became kind of the voice for a lot of our generation. Um, yes. It definitely a cultural sort of voice and relevance. I mean, no, I had not seen a scene like, for example, the famous scene where Dante and Randall are in the original where they're breaking down the Return of the Jedi stuff. Oh, the Star Wars. We, we, you know, it was like the voice of fans. Like you had heard or you'd either been in those conversations before or you had heard other people talking like that so passionately about a pop cultural product Mm -hmm. and um so there was there was a huge amount of connection right I mean even though it had you know in retrospect it has a lot of toxicity in it but it's oh my god yes but it's funny I mean it was funny to us it was funny then um I'm not sure how much of it holds up I haven't seen the original in a very long time Um, but of course, three does a great job of you know reminding everybody what's what's in the first one, yeah. Um but remind uh, basically
0: a quarter of the movie,
1: right? You you know, yeah, right, is basically a rehashing of those of those moments, um, you know, in, in a very meta way. Uh, you know, he's trying to be kind of Fellini in a way, you know, where he's being all meta um with with constructing the story and stuff, but um. But yeah, I think at first, I know I know it was on VHS. I know I didn't see it in the theater. Um, and then if, all of a sudden, everybody just started talking about it. It was like, Have you seen Clerks? Have you seen this movie, Clerks? Right. And, oh,
0: everyone yeah. was quoting it
1: immediately. Yeah. yeah.
0: Like watching it multiple times, quoting it, passing it around, going, Have you seen this? And I'll also add the soundtrack to that movie was hugely popular. Like, I know I had my copy of it for sure, and it was in my discman in my car for ages and ages I mean there's a cover of go your own way by Fleetwood Mac that that I just absolutely adore that's mm-hmm. by this I can't think of the name of the band um but I think it's golden smog if I'm not mistaken but just the way that they do it is sort of sincere but yet taking the you know taking the shit out of it right right <laughs> you know which totally fits the time frame too of, of the music and, and art scene of the early 90s where uh, you know, uh, what they would call us cranky Gen Xers, you know, just like punching holes in everything and like cynicism at its all time high, apathy at its all time high, looking towards nostalgia to try to build, oh, wait, no, this sounds familiar. Hmm, wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh, that's every
1: generation. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, there was though a sense of like, no, I mean, I know, I know, what you're hitting at because like we had a movie called reality bites, right. That was, came out a year before clerks and kind of you, you could all of a sudden, once we got out of high school and into our college sort of existence, that there were attempts being made to try to represent like our particular niche in the generational timeline, right. Like to represent our emotions or our outlook. And it was usually very cynical right like we were oh, like these cynics right um uh and so Clark's kind of f- became the i guess the the icon out of those strings of movies I mean, i think it's certainly the one that's talked about the most um and has lasted the 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 stretch of time but um that there there was just such i don't know because i was working at a video store at the time so all of randall's like you know, well, I don't appreciate your ruse, ma'am. You're cutting attention. Those kinds of things, those video store interactions and stuff. We had lived through that. I lived through some of those. Right. Uh, And and so it was very, it was extremely relevant to our generation at that point, even if we discovered it through sort of underground quote unquote ways. um, It just rose up and became kind of a staple. I mean, everybody was doing, Jay and silent Bob, everybody was quoting the the movie um in, in casual conversation.
0: We ourselves
1: uh, underwent the monikers. Of course. Yes. Of course. Um, and so uh yeah, I mean, I I and so and so clerks just kind of got filed away, right? As like this really, really great indie film, truly indie film, that uh that that spoke to a whole generation. And Kevin Smith himself became someone who was pointed to as being a voice of our generation, yeah. right? Like, cause he was our age, had the same passion, same interests, whatever. Um, and so he became, for better or worse, uh, you know, a, a, an icon for that generation, our generation of filmmakers, right? So he sort of speaks for us, quote unquote. I, I don't know, is this the point where we talk about some of his other work? or Because I was going to say- that well, no, I mean, yeah just got filed away until about 10, 12 years later when we had the sequel right and it took a totally too. different tone change mm-hmm. um than, than the first one and, and had a little bit more of a heart to it in yeah. the sense yeah. that those characters are really longing and lo- especially Dante you know longing mm-hmm. for um, some type of adulthood or or sense of stability or purpose right and in in life um, and he finds it in 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 her um in rosario dawson's character but um so it's been 28 years i think since the first one and and it's been a long time since we've seen these characters uh
0: Um, yes yeah 2004
1: (laughs) i think so the you so you were you did you just take a minute i know i did i'll be honest i took a minute when i was seeing certain characters and he was very good about you know bringing back the original actors who you know yes who were in those clips and stuff. I just having a moment of contemplation where it's like wow we've all aged mm-hmm. like we've all we've all aged since the first movie came out and so i i was kind of fascinated with where he was gonna take this because you can't really be selling those same kinds of jokes when yeah, fifties. Then when you're in your twenties, right? I mean, it's you're you're. But he's but he's damn well trying,
0: personally.
1: you know. But he's he, yeah. Um, I mean, he's shoehorning
0: it in, you know. And that that's that's where it lost me a good bit because I you know I, I I think that Clerks Three is a really good film about friendship. Um, you know, more so than the first two. The first two, you know, represent. Well the first one is about, as you were speaking about earlier, you know, being young, working in the service industry and probably the realization that you're never going to leave this place. like or the, this town, right? I mean, I, I come from small town, Alabama. I can completely identify with all of that. Uh, clerks too, your station really hasn't improved in life, but you've at least you know, tried to, you know, move up the food chain. Literally in this, in this instance, working at a fast food restaurant now, you know, you've tried to move up the food chain, you know, reposition yourself. Dante wants to get married, is in position to get married. Uh, for some reason, he's a sex machine that I've never been able to figure out, you know, it, it's, you know, because I mean, let's be honest, Rosario Dawson. Come on, man! Like uh, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. I'm just like Kevin Smith. That's you stretch. Smith. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's some that's some pixie girl, you know, uh, nonsense going on there. Yep. Uh, Brian O'Halloran, you need to get down on your knees and just say, <laughs> "Oh, thank you, Kevin." Smith. <laughs> uh, and then you know, now the big time jump, right? Now we move from the the almost quasi optimistic of the late 20s, early 30s, into the completely bleak end of your 40s beginning of your 50s yeah what's my um,
1: legacy right like that's right
0: you know which which I think is odd too because he uses I didn't mind the heart attack because I knew that was coming you know I, I knew he was writing based on that he had a widow maker himself you know and, and had to undergo emergency surgery and I'd read those stories and you know and whatnot and making it you know Randall i guess i had more of a problem of him doubling down on it um you know for the finale of the film right right. that bothered me that 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 bothered me greatly because i was just like well you know you can't use death as a as a device (laughs) you know it's kind of it's kind of weak sauce i you know i got i got to admit what did you think like
1: i was disappointed um i uh came into it with an open mind. I really did. I was like, you know, what, you know, let's, let's revisit these characters. Let's see where it goes. And then it started to feel contrived um, so that it could, um, you know, s- all these setups so that you could have Dante's spiraling monologue, right. So that you could have right. Randall's big speech by the bedside. Right. Um, you know uh, it felt like those, those scenes were the movie, and those yes. were the scenes that he really wanted to write. And then he had to just kind of wrap it in this other stuff to give it a, a structure or a context, um, you know, because, I mean, come on, De- Dante was not going to get that money borrowed. They were not going to, you know, I mean, that, that just yeah. wasn't realistic. We just have to kind of go with that. Right. Um, because it's that meta film within a film kind of way uh, for him to get to the heart of it, which is really him wanting to have those scenes. that I mentioned, I think that's what, was really the genesis of the movie. That's what he wanted to express um, was this kind of meditation on what his, what is his legacy, but also mm-hmm. what is our, what is our generation's legacy? You know, what have we left behind? And I, it just kind of fell flat for me. Um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't great. Some of the scenes were kind of, uh, <laughs> you know, kind of the kind of one of those things where, Oh, that was kind of clever. Right. Um, but nothing like the original (laughs) yeah no
0: i mean it's like you know it's 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 a very well structured by the numbers moving you through you know kind of story and script you know um and but you know to to do things like at the end at dante's funeral you know randall goes and i wasn't even supposed to you know i'm just like using that line uh, right I just, I was just like, dude, no, come on, man, like that's, that's, you're a better writer than this, and and I really believe because Kevin Smith is also, by the way, one of the, a very sought after punch up guy, uh, even to this day in Hollywood. He takes passes at you know scripts and he's openly admitted that they he makes a very good living, you know, at at doing that. So that's why I get disappointed with him. Sometimes I'm like, you're a smarter writer than this. And I'm not Mm. quite understanding. Are are you going for the wink and the nod? Are you going for a pastiche of some sort? Like, I felt like the end of Clerks 3 was what was everything that was wrong with Jersey Girl, right? Mm. Like, it it tried too hard Mm -hmm. to be the heartfelt, you know, Thing And it just, you know, it just doesn't, it doesn't work, you know, where you can take a film like Mall Rats which is an homage to John Hughes and 80s teen comedies, and it works completely, because it is, you know, set them in a mall, set them loose, you know, insanity, you know, happens, you know, get the girl, the best friend, uh, you know, chocolate covered Dutch Bavarian style pretzels, still one of my favorite things ever. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> i will post that clip on on the discord but yeah. you, you know what i'm saying like it just yeah yeah i mean i
1: so i I, say, yeah. I i I just um i'm not i'm not really sure if we needed clerks three i think kevin smith needed clerks three i think Obviously, you're right about that he, he needed to get that out there and that's fine you know what i'm not I'm not blaming him, you know, for for needing to express, you know, those kinds of emotions and thoughts that he's, you know, accrued after his lived experience. But, um, but yeah, as, as as an overall movie, I thought it was just disappointing. I, I, it's, it's a disappointing end to uh, bookend to to a trilogy of films that the first two I think offer so much of a richer experience for a time and a place and a and a, and a mood as that guy so speak. This one. Um, yeah, just it just it just didn't hit. Um, and you're right, Jeff. He, you know, I miss the fact that you know, he did uh, he did a Superman script that yep, got yep. that got trashed. Great
0: documentary or show, great killed.
1: documentary, by the way. He got uh, he he did a pass at Fletch. Uh, you know, we've we've talked about Confess Fletch and he did a he did a Fletch script. Uh, gonna at, be with
0: Jason at, Lee yeah. at one point,
1: that's right. Um, and um, you know, so there were scripts that he that he had that just didn't come to fruition that might have changed the you know the the trajectory of his career because i i, I remember reading um a couple of nights ago uh a piece uh by vincent camby and he was talking i'll put it in the discord he was talking about how desperate kevin smith wants to be relevant like how much he wants to stay relevant right. um and that that's why he was you know um He's made uh, so many Jay and Silent Bob reboots or so many, you know, uh, uh, so much pushing of those sort of branded characters is that he wants to stay pop culturally relevant. Um, You know, he wants to have a panel at Comic-Con. Right. Um, Right. And I can see that. I mean, of course, you know, um, the fear that you would lose your voice or that you would lose your connection or that you would lose your touch with the generation of fans that you brought up, I think. He did that years ago, though. I mean, I think he split his fan base years ago. Oh, it starts,
0: ago. I mean, you can go, it starts really with the uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, right? Like that's that to me is where the split because how do you come off a movie like Dogma, which you can, again, you can use the branded characters, right? And integrate them with new characters and right. come up with this completely fantastic, insane you know, story and and I I'm a dogma champion. Like I I just I really really like that film. I think it holds up well. Alan Rickman, everybody else. I mean, just you know, the Metatron. I still think of the you know spitting the liquor back into the into the cup because they're not supposed to drink. I mean, his own and being so well-versed in Catholicism. Cause I grew up Kathleen. I'm just like, Oh, this guy gets it. Like he, you know, he understands, you know, how ridiculous, I mean the buddy Christ, which by the way, makes a cameo in clerks three.
1: Yes, it does.
0: <laughs> in what I thought was a very funny and, and relevant way. Yeah. Uh, Cause it made sense as an NFT. Uh, but you know, I, I just, yeah, I just, man, it's just, it's just, it's not aggravating. It's just, again, I asked the question why. You know, you know, what, what went wrong here? But I do, I completely agree with you. You know, this was therapeutic for him. I think that he was Mm -hmm. trying to get over, you know, his, his death experience and
1: he grapple with his mortality, right? Like grappling with his own mortality, right? I mean, the last person we see in the
0: last shot of Clerks 3 is his daughter you know, as the milkmaid, you know, sitting there taking the milk out and everything. So, you know what I mean? It's just like, it doesn't take a large leap of logic to figure out, you know, what's going on there, which is why I also will ask you now, it's just like, do you really think this is it for Clerks? Because knowing him, I don't. Uh, And what you just said about him wanting to stay relevant, Clerks is his most clear brand. Um, And I can see him doing something else with it.
1: I would say that I, I think it might, well, I mean, obviously it's kind of the end of Dante, um, but uh, I definitely don't think it's the last that we've seen of Jay and Silent Bob. I mean, those are, that's his C-3PO R2-D2. That's his, you know, uh, those are his two branded iconic characters, I think. So they'll probably continue to show up. Outside of Clerks 3 though, I mean, you mentioned Dogma. We talked about Jersey Girl, Mole Rats. I think Chasing Amy Chasing is Amy. his best. I mean, I put that kind of high on the list, followed by Dogma as like a close second. Um, because I agree with you on on Dogma. Was it Tusk? Do you think that's the movie that kind of like the fan base went?
0: Uh
1: I think that's not where- so much.
0: I don't think not the fan base, but I think that the the film critic. And, and and you know world really turned on him uh and really went what what is this like what are you you know because like, i've been able to i've been able to sit through about 45 minutes of it and then right. i just and then i'm just like no no i what again now this this is not very good
1: <laughs> what about red state
0: i liked red state i thought goodman brought it i think he he directed it you know, he tried to make something tense and political and actually had something to say, you know, uh, although, you know, I don't think the satirical elements of it necessarily land, but I, I enjoyed the performances of it. Yeah. I, I think he really directed the heck out of that film. And that's really one of the to do films that I,
1: I haven't seen Red State. That's one of that's one of his canon that I haven't seen Um uh, oh, so you've
0: seen yoga hosers, but you haven't seen. Yeah, either? I've seen a
1: lot of the rest. Now, now, I I also think that Zach and Mary make a porno Love is pretty it. funny. Love it. Well, I mean, again, I think it's great in some ways. Um, one of
0: the one of the rare. I mean, he had Rogan and crew at their most prime. At the
1: prime, right? the right. Judd yeah.
0: Apatow players, right? And you know, for all the trouble of that movie, I mean that movie still was very successful. It 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 did very well. It didn't do the what like Seth Rogan number as well, but it did very well. And I watched it about a year ago again for the first time. I just I thought it was a riot. I, I just remember happen, yeah. it's still just laughing and it's got heart. And you know, Elizabeth Banks and Seth Rogan just work so well together, you know, they just they just have such a great chemistry and a feed off of each other, and they genuinely you know, care for each other. And then, you know, uh, you know, of course the Dutch rudder, but you just gotta, you know, just gotta roll with it, man.
1: (laughs) Did you see any of his um, He-Man Masters of the Universe?
0: Not yet. I have not yet. That's on Netflix.
1: Yeah. I think. Yeah, Yeah, it's pretty good, Jeff. It's really pretty good. You know, I mean, there's no there's not, I mean, obviously he had the, what was the show? The comic book heroes or whatever the show.
0: Oh, that awful the reality show. Yeah, I, I watched like one episode of it and went, oh my God, no.
1: <laughs> but it's <laughs> clear that he has like a massive understanding and, and passion for comic book franchises oh, and, yeah. and 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 an awareness of, 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 of pop culture. Um, and uh, yeah, I liked what he did with the with the masters of the universe stuff but i but but i and i'm bringing up his past work because i'm trying to sort of i guess mm-hmm. get at where do we put kevin smith
0: mm.
1: now i mean cuz we, we certainly would have celebrated him in in the mid 90s as this fresh new budding auteur who you know has a career ahead of him and he's going to be you know a major player or an, that that didn't necessarily work, it didn't out. work out. I, mean, he, I mean he stayed active and, and made some you know some some really good films and then some interesting films and then some duds but where where how do we how do we place him now uh, you know looking at his body of work for for you know 20 30 years now I, is he I, high on the list is he medium I think,
0: I think he's a a a byproduct of the indie revolution of the nineties and that's that's his legacy. Yeah, is that? And by the way, I mean, he could still change that, you know. That's up to him, you know, as a creator and a filmmaker. But he seems to have no interest in, you know, in that. He, he, like you said, he wants to stay relevant. He wants to be at Comic Con. He wants to be branded. You know, he wears. You know, he used to wear those ridiculous uh, hockey jerseys advertising things. I just, yeah, you know, for a while, I'll be honest with you, it was, it was a bit disappointing as someone who loves that early work to see it again just in you know people take their own journey and he you know by no means needs to listen to anybody but I just just as a person and as a fan of his work I just felt I was just like what is all this shilling about like what you know I I mean you know
1: can you see him because I know he's done some things you know as an actor right like he shows up in oh, um things, in, yeah. in uh and live free or die hard and he plays a great like you know kind of subterranean basement computer nerd guy who's yeah. like hacking into nsa kind of stuff and he i love him in southland
0: tales i you know
1: yeah so really he's like you know things. he's he's got some acting little little cameos um you know spread throughout do you can you see him helming a dc or marvel franchise like well, he already just... he's directed the flash for television a few times i know right. and i think he directed supergirl a couple
0: episodes so i mean he he's in that tinkered. Yeah. he's tinkered but you know again you gotta if you're a, if you're a warner brothers and now with the now apparently the time, I mean, they just told patty jenkins no did you read that like huh. wow I, i'm just like james gunn shame on you like this is I'm assuming what we're not hearing is they're going to say go back to the drawing board here's what we want to do now rewrite you know what I mean I, th- I mean you don't that that's shameful like just I mean I understand that they're reorganizing the whole cinematic universe but wow what a shocking announcement that was I was just like oh yeah but but uh I you know I don't see you know DC or Warner Brothers going oh yeah Kevin Smith let's give him 200 million dollars and let's see how this rolls you know I mean even though he's now got like I said he's got the television testing you know product to go oh here's how I would handle it and all this is just like that's still a television budget it's a budget he's used to working you know I mean these my god I mean he would be I think he'd be on his way to another heart attack honestly like if he if he tried because the one time he did have money with cop out it it turned out to be the worst thing in his, like, he, even by his admission, he's like, this is what killed me. Like, this is what crushed my spirit. This is what crushed my Hollywood ambition, you know? Uh, and, uh, you know, he directly blames Bruce Willis.
1: (laughs) Well, and from, from all accounts of what I know and have read about that set Bruce Willis is probably to blame for, um, for, for much of it. Um, but I think you see, some directors. I mean, I would even throw in Carpenter in that mix. Where if you get too Hollywood, if the budget gets too big, mm-hmm. uh, it it'll churn you up, eat you back, you know, spit you back out, and and it takes a while to recover from things like that. And um, you know, it's funny too because we were a couple weeks ago talking about Sorcerer, right? Yes, yeah, the freaking freaking, and some of the some of the film school gen of the of the seventies. But what I wanted to come out to and ask you was, is Clerks 3, his way of self-memorializing, like his, you know, is is that his documentary, so to speak, um, you know, self-memorializing his, or self-mythologizing, right, himself into the lexicon?
0: I I think, yeah, a little bit. I had those thoughts when watching it. Yeah, yeah it, it's well, again, you, you mentioned Fellini and you mentioned the neorealist movement. You know, I, I'm not saying that he's not capable of it, but I am saying that there is a lot of masturbation going on. Oh God, yes. Well, Fellini was doing that too, right? I mean, right. No, no, and that's why I'm saying I'm just like I would. I would love to give more credit to it as as you're alluding to, but (laughs) I don't know, man. Like it's just like again, a good. And I'm warning people when I say warning, it doesn't mean don't watch it. Clerks three, literally a quarter of this film is scenes from Clerks, you know, redone with. Older characters, and it's the exact same lines and the exact same thing, and just like i I did have a very the very frustrating moment where they were trying to shoot the outside scene of the introduction of Jay and Silent Bob, and it just kept going, you know, and I just was just like, Jesus Christ, move on like you know you're, yeah. you're really
1: what what is this Cautious, right yeah. um because. The, all of those characters. I mean, and it 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 took me a second to because I had to pause, and you know, because we I, we rented this on on uh, on Amazon Prime, and so when you pause Amazon Prime, it'll give you like the, X-ray who the actors person. are in the scene and who the right. Because I I really it'd been so long since I'd seen the first Clerks. He's popping all these original characters in, and it just took me a second. Oh, okay, that's the Chulies Gum guy. Oh, that's the you know, uh, that's, <laughs> that was, that was a really good caveat. I, I that, 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 that that did make me laugh.
0: I am method, baby. <laughs> it was great. That
1: um, was good. That was good there, moment. there were some, some, some really nice, uh, some nice moments like that um, where you had those characters kind of confronting the, the, the past in that kind of mental way. It was, it was, it was cute. I, I will say, I, I, I
0: wish, you know, I like Justin Long whenever he drops in, you know, and doesn't drive the film like he tries to in Tusk. But I, I was really hoping for a Brandon St. Randy uh, and it just didn't happen. Instead, we got the orderly, but I was just like, man, I need more Brandon St. Randy. I just need him in right. my life. And people, if you don't know who I'm talking about, Justin Long plays this character, Brandon St. Randy in Zack and Miriam Make a Porno. And he is with our, uh, with Brandon Roth. Yeah, you know, Superman himself, you know, hello, hello, this is good, as good. You know, oh look at Shokak. This is just
1: brilliant. So the rumor has it that Justin Long's character that he created was spoofing Brian Singer on the set of Superman Returns because he's with
0: brandon routh all the
1: right because you know there's you don't know the history behind that folks just google brian singer he is a controversy you'll
0: see he is a multiple yes um so uh
1: so but i remember it might have been on the 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 commentary for the dvd of zach and mary where they were talking about it um because i know that kevin smith has said he just he's justin's one of those guys that he just kind of lets go and and lets him play and bring bring uh bring something to the table and that brandon ralph could could not keep a straight face oh no he kept kept, corpse he he keeps corpse in the whole time he just keeps i am laughing at justin (laughs) you know he's 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 feeling him
0: he's just like am i here
1: are you there oh i'm sorry
0: are you there god it's me margaret i'm gay like <laughs> yeah. you know i mean just just keep the camera you know that again that apatow style you know that comes through in second and i will say at least you know smith basically making a apatow clone worked you know it 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 worked for for all of its fault. and i know he does not like the movie i know he i have read that he he feels disappointed in it and that he you know felt like it got mismarketed and whatever but i'm like well, Kevin, you you titled a film Zack and Mary Make a Porno." Yeah. What, what did you think? You know, you think they were going to plaster that on the walls of the Walmart? Right. Like, you know, right. I mean, that's that's a little that's a little naive of him. And yeah. I've always I've always thought that about them.
1: I, I can't remember when I saw Zach and Mary Make a Porno, but I think it was a rental. Mm-hmm. I don't think I saw that in the theater. Um, but I remember that was always a question of Kevin Smith in that movie was playing with the idea of how far can I go Mm -hmm. with this before what I'm doing is crossing the lines between Mm -hmm. something that's spoofing pornography or, but, you know, I mean the styles and the, and the, just the, (laughs) the way, the way that they put that plan together about how, about what kind of porno to make and it, 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 it's really funny because um, given (laughs) what we know that exists in terms of parody porn, right. It's just, it's so funny that it ended up being star Wars kind of stuff, you know, it just, it just connected all of that together. Um, But I don't, I don't know if, if he, if he's ever gotten back to this idea of trying to spoof something in that way, other than himself, right. Um, like spoofing his own work, but he, um, which of course is what all the Jane silent Silent Bob Bob stuff is. Right. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I, I think he's best when he's, when he's got material that he knows how to satirize or to parody, um, you know, because I, I'll i be honest with you. Tusk is something that I've watched and just, uh, I laugh during Tusk. I'm probably not supposed to, but it's a comedy yeah. horror to me. Like I I just, it plays as comedy horror, even though I think he was trying to make a serious attempt at doing like a monster kind of movie uh, from the yeah. 30s. But it, yeah, so I was just trying to figure out like what is, where he works best. And I think it's really when he's parodying um or satirizing like some sort of pop cultural like chasing amy is amazing at what he was able to get at in the 90s in terms of how our feelings were towards homophobia towards uh, open relationships towards you know i mean i mean that was some some pretty next level shit in that movie that at, we that, had time. at yes. that time at that time
0: at that time now now no way like there's just no
1: <laughs> you know well i think you could still make that film today but it would have to be structured extremely differently Way different yeah. um uh and i think that you know some of the stuff that was funny to us you know like <laughs> the guy who gets you know really passionate about taking down star wars for a lack of of, of representation of
0: representation and diversity
1: um, you know they ripped uh, and,
0: off his beautiful black visage <laughs> and there was a crusty old white man underneath Love that, love that speech.
1: I mean, that stuff is still, you know, I think that stuff is still is still funny, and I think it's still relevant today because we're still struggling with those kinds of issues of representation. You know, um, I mean, look at how, you know, when Force Awakens, the the craziness that ensued about how you can't have a black stormtrooper. You know, and it was just like,
0: what, is, what? what are you, you know, talking about? That's <laughs> crazy. God,
1: oh my
0: um, goodness. What is yeah. what what is his you haven't seen red state so you know okay so what's his worst film for you like what i mean it's yoga hosers for me that that's just an absolute
1: i mean it's either that one or it's um the Jay and silent bob reboot that was pretty awful um
0: it was painful
1: It, it, it was just it was just really painful no i agree um other other than that like there's one section in there where they're discussing and defining what a reboot is versus a remake. And they're having that conversation. There's one scene that's a scene that I think is really funny and pretty well-written, but the rest of it is just, is just a waste. Um, did you, did you, did you appreciate
0: him throwing shade at Scorsese? Oh God. Yeah. About the oh, rack.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I, I, I love it when people throw a shade like that in movies. Just like I, I I loved it even more when I found out that he was kind of spoofing Brian Singer, you know, in in, mm-hmm. in,
0: Zach, and in Zach and
1: Mary. So I yeah, I I um um I enjoy him when he does that kind of stuff. I think I think parody and satire are where he works best. Um, and I think he just over the years has combined his personal lived experience with fusing that in with parody and satire, whether it's religion. Whether it's you know um, work in retail, whether it's you know the the um, uh, the the ideas of 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 how we're supposed to be middle class and have dreams and 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 move on, you know that that angst, that struggle about you know finding your purpose, when he's taking those kinds of thematics and and satirizing them, I think that's where he's at that's where he's at his best. Like I said, I, I, I point to chasing Amy, like as, as the best, but the worst, yeah, probably the reboot and, and he the, yoga. I, I, what was that?
0: I think it was just someone trying to be, I think he was being creative. I think he oh, okay. was trying to, you know, uh, uh also give his daughter a, a vehicle. Yeah. I think nothing wrong with that, you know? Um, and, uh, the thing I always love about Kevin Smith is man, he can hustle, you know, this man knows how to hustle and he knows how to, you know, get the funding and to give you a proof of concept. So, you know, someone somewhere, you know, bought into yoga hosers for, for whatever his pitch was, it must've been a great pitch because we did not, I I'm wondering if the pitch in the movie were two different things Mm. Uh, because, you know, I, I'm 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 curious about that. I would I would ask him about that in 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 a non-confrontational way, of course, because sure. yeah, I don't I don't want to I don't want I would hate to think that Kevin Smith would hear this and think that we do not like his his films or don't respect him. That is not true. That's not true at all. Agreed. What we're Agreed. what we're trying to evaluate right now, using Clerks Three, and to move backwards and then move forwards again, is trying to figure out this is someone that we has been with us now a large part of our lives. We have watched his films, loved his films, hated his film, you know, it's just like, he has a legacy and it needs to be, it does need to be discussed more, um, you know, his body of work does need to be discussed outside of the view universe. I, I know that's the bulk of the films, but, you know, his misses with Tusk and all of these things, or at least again, what we'd like to call you and I, I, we've used this term before, swinging for the fences, right? Like mm-hmm. at least at least it's a miss in your trying. And here's why, you know, in our opinion, as people who analyze and whether here's why we think it doesn't necessarily work. And again, right. it might work for someone liked it. you know, so, <laughs> You know what I mean? I mean, obviously. Uh, You can get in touch with us a number of ways. Uh, You can click on the link uh, in our show notes to our Discord. That is where we uh, have fun. Post clips, trailers, talk, 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 talk some more. uh, Bonus content all over there for free. Uh, All you got to do is click on the link and join our community. Uh, You can email us lonelyphds at gmail.com. As always, please uh, subscribe rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google, or whatever podcatcher that you are currently using. Uh, and until next time, I'm Dr. Jeffrey Hayes.
1: I'm Dr. Joseph
0: Watson. We'll see you then.